Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shelf from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. We give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a Texas physician discusses the history of mind control and reveals the methods and technologies behind remote electronic torture. If you look at the history of MKUltra and MKSearch and all the other mind control based experimentation done by the CIA, most of these victims were picked out of self-discredited communities or what we call social outliers. They were people with a history of, you know, mild drug abuse, men using prostitutes, the mentally ill, and they even experimented on disabled children at Willowbrook School. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier. And a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. Three more sleeps until Christmas. Today we also witness the Great Conjunction. This is the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, which may have been the star of Bethlehem, when such a conjunction also occurred in the year 7 BC, which may have coincided with the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now some say this celestial event will also usher in a great ascension and spiritual and mass consciousness awakening, and that we're entering into a fifth dimensional reality. Now, I don't know about that. I don't feel any different right now. How about you? 
One thing that is happening, and I can sense it, but I'm not sure it has anything to do with Saturn or Jupiter coming together, is, is people are waking up. They're waking up to lies and deceit and corruption in the world. There are people with evil intent in high places, and this has always been the case, of course, but people are really beginning to understand this. And as more and more people wake up to what's happening, it seems more and more people are also being targeted for experimentation, harassment, and torture, and various forms of mind control. I get emails and letters from victims every week. In fact, a couple of years ago, an alleged electronic torture victim showed up outside the radio station door after my show begging for help. Now, I'm not equipped to offer much in the way of assistance other than to talk about it on the various platforms available to me, like Coast to Coast AM, my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, and this podcast. I've received several dozen emails and messages on Facebook and Instagram very recently asking me to talk about it some more. And so I've dipped into my vast audio archives, and I found this conversation from about five years ago. Dr. John Hall is a physician who considers writing his second profession. Knowing the United States government's dismal track record, he writes, with regard to experimenting on the public without informed consent, the sheer number of people voicing identical complaints of electronic harassment and surveillance had to be explored logically. And that's just what he's done in this book, and it's a great pleasure to welcome Dr. John Hall. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, Richard. Long time. It has been. An, it's, about a, it's been about a year since we, um, we actually, uh, I guess, saw each other last in Seattle. Uh, yeah, and uh, had a good time doing that. It was a really pleasure working with you, <clears throat> and hope we get to do some more of that. And just so you know, I am having a little bit of voice difficulty here. It's cedar season in Texas, and cedar kills everybody when it, uh, when it blooms down here. The pollen is horrible. So oh, is that right? So you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Let's talk about the new book. Because your first book in this field was um, talking about, you know, terrorism from the sky, you know, satellites and electronic harassment from above and so forth. The new breed, meaning the new, this new form of, of terror. What are the advances, the technological advances in terms of electronic harassment that have occurred, let's say, even since the publication of your first book? Because, you know, we're all familiar with things like voice-to-skull technology, and, and that's been around probably since, what, the 1970s. Uh, what's sort of the newest technology that these perps that are... Harassment isn't the right word, is it? I mean, it's torture. But what's the latest technology they have at their disposal? Well, it, it's technology that's been worked on the whole time as well. It just seems to have been perfected <clears throat> in its use, which is EEG cloning and EEG heterodyning. And that's one of the ways that uh, a victim is tracked and one of the ways that uh, the symptoms that uh, they want to, that victim to display are actually done is by receiving the EEG and you can either clone that EEG and put it into another brain for that person to uh, demonstrate the, the capabilities or um, you know, um, you know, un uniquities of that person or you can heterodyne the EEG which is once you've determined what parts of the brain cause a fast heart rate or twitching of the arm or twitching of the finger or burning of the skin in one particular area you can alter the EEG and then put it back in the victim's head, and you know your brain will entrain that heterodyned EEG, EEG, and then you'll actually demonstrate those symptoms that you're desiring the target to, to demonstrate, whether that may be a, a personality change, an emotion change, or some physical ailment. How do they do that? How do they how do they capture 
your your EEG first of all, and then well, they they clone it. How do they do that? That's a, a good question, and, and how they're doing it remotely. We, I know Dr. Duncan, Robert Duncan, who's a good friend of mine, who worked on you know, some of the early studies on that when they were actually still using scalp electrodes. Um, that's not the case anymore. As technology has advanced, it's obviously being done remotely somehow. And one of the ways that I, I my theory is that they're doing it is based on one of Malik's um, old theories from the 70s on when they were figuring out how to remotely monitor the EEG without actually changing it. What they found that is if you shoot two dissimilar frequencies into the human brain, that each hemisphere will basically entrain a frequency. Um, once both hemispheres are, are entrained at different frequencies, the brain will actually construct an interference frequency that it transmits. And that interference frequency can be received by a receiver um, and then the EEG decoded out of it. And, and believe it or not, that was technology that was elucidated in the 70s. And its intended use was to monitor pilots. And they could tell if a pilot was getting sleepy or was you know, having delusions or hallucinations, and then they could correspondingly have a zapper attached to the pilot to zap him back into reality uh, to try to get him to fly the plane better. Um, and that was um, being done with essentially, you know, stone tools and bearskins at the time in the 70s technology-wise. And as technology has advanced, where we have the capability to remotely sense very small signals or very low signals, then obviously they can remotely sense that same thing once the two frequencies are entrained into the brain and there's an interference frequency transmitted to receive is the way it's probably being done. Now then, the, the only ones that really know factually if that's the way it's being done would be the ones that are, have access to some of the classified documents. I um, uh, saw recently on YouTube, it was a collection of uh, newscasters that seemingly had these, uh, I don't know what you would call it, almost like seizures during a live report. Uh, there was some included from CNN, there were some local broadcasters, I don't know if you've seen this, all strung together. Uh, where these broadcasters, right in the middle of a newscast or a field report, all of a sudden just start stammering, uh, or they have this, all of a sudden they just stop talking and they have this glazed look on their face. Uh, and it's almost as if in each of these cases, th- these, uh, these re- anchors or reporters were, were being, I don't know, controlled, harassed, tortured from some remote location. No, and I saw most of those, and I think actually there was a a famous entertainment judge that uh, has a daytime TV show that experienced the same thing. And I did see some of the medical reports from some of those cases where they were checked out to see if this was possibly a stroke or a transient ischemic attack. Uh, And I think in all of them it was found that there were, you know, no medical abnormalities wrong with them. And... Uh, I think in most of those cases it was attributed to some form of silent migraine disease. But uh, in viewing some of those, it certainly looked like uh, what uh, targeted individuals call uh, within their communities forced speech. So um, they did certainly look like there was some, some remote control issues going on there, and it uh, wasn't anything medical. Why are those individuals uh, uh, targeted or chosen? Or why is any uh, one? I mean, this is, I guess, the, the $64,000 question. 
because even the victims don't even seem to know. Some of them have a theory as to why they might be uh, targeted. Uh, but in, in your experience, you know, why do they choose one person over another? Why, for example, am I not uh, targeted? Not that I'm hoping for that or trying to attract that kind of, kind of attention, but how do they, whoever they are, choose their victims? Well, there's actually kind of two theories on that. Um, of course, the first one is that if you look at this as being experimental, uh, non-consensual experimentation, which that's the take that I have on it. Uh, when you have this many people complaining of, of exact symptoms, not similar symptoms, then it, it speaks more to experimentation. The other theory is that they're singling out the people resistant to the technology. Dr. Hall, your, uh, your, your practice deals largely with pain management, but from what I gather from our conversations uh, prior, uh, increasingly it's sort of being taken over by... Um, Mind control, not mind control, electronic harassment uh, of victims. Is, is that is that the case? Uh, yeah, I have, have had quite a few people uh, actually, you know, come there to see me for that. I believe it or not, try to actually see those people outside the office. Um, my medical board has kind of frowned on seeing uh, people in the medical setting uh, for that. Uh, and in all actuality, pretty much has said that anybody coming voicing complaints of victimization. Uh, like that, that um, I would be committing malpractice if I didn't refer them to a psychiatrist, which, you know, obviously I'm not going to do. So the way I around that is to see those patients outside the office, and not as a physician, but as John Hall. Um, <clears throat> but I do still work with many victims uh, that come there. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, my main practice is uh, pain management, and I'm one of the few physicians in the United States doing stem cell therapy. Ah, uh, Adult stem cell? Adult stem cell therapy, yeah, right. for people that have had uh, degenerated knees, degenerated shoulders, hips. Uh, we take their own bone marrow and spin it down into stem cells and, and use it for regenerative medicine to prevent them from uh, needing joint replacements. I, I applaud that because, it, it, I mean, this, to me, this adult stem cell therapy is just, it, it's miraculous. I mean, for a non-scientific science, person, um, it, you know, when I, when I read about these cases where people, uh, everything from macular degeneration and, and uh, you, uh, diabetes, you name it. Uh, stem cell, adult stem cell therapy, uh, is just miraculous. And I think it's we've the, it's, it's the medicine of the future, Richard. It really is. And um, I was lucky to kind of get in on this um, you know, early on with it. Uh, I've done some of the uh, the first studies and early studies in in my office with uh, a set of patients on on joint regeneration. Uh, the pain relief is amazing. Uh, and the regeneration is amazing and uh, certainly uh, less costly than getting a joint replacement and, and less you know, risk from surgery of a joint replacement. So. Right, right. Now, get, getting back to uh, electronic harassment, and again, I'm, uh, how do you feel about this? I, I just think that it's such a misnomer. It's not harassment, it's torture. Yeah, it, it is torture. What these victims go through is just... Uh, amazing! It's um, that anybody can actually survive through this, and you know, obviously, as as we've seen, many do not. Uh, many commit suicide, or end up being controlled into doing things that that end up either taking their own life or the police taking their life. Unfortunately, but uh, um, it, it's one of those things that it's happening so prevalently. It's it's one of the most reported crimes on the internet. The, the major media is reporting on the least, and the government seems to be investigating the least. 
So, I mean, anybody that Googles electronic harassment or remote neural monitoring, uh, it's just, you know, it's it just droves and droves and droves of people that are turning up and responding to that. And, um, you know, Edward Snowden kind of opened the door for a lot of people's eyes that didn't believe this because he, the targeted individual community for years has been saying that their emails were being tampered with, that their phones were being tampered with, that they felt it was the CIA or the NSA. And at that time, we're being called the tinfoiled hat people for actually believing that. Um, and then Edward Snowden released documents that, you know, indeed, everything that they've been saying for the last decade is true. So uh, that brought a lot of believers into the fold that, well, you know what, if they can actually scan our computers remotely, uh, then why not scan someone's brain remotely, especially when you've had articles that have been out 10 years that the brain has no firewall, that uh, it can be uploaded and downloaded like a computer, that the same tools they're using to manipulate our computers can manipulate the mind. Uh, I read uh, maybe six months ago, maybe longer, about um, experiments at uh, MIT uh, where they were essentially um, programming false memories into mice. And I'm thinking, whenever I read a story like that, and they're releasing something like that to the public, I'm always thinking about uh, what Ben Rich, the former director of Skunk Works, uh, said, that um, you know we are 50 years beyond your wildest imagination in terms of technology. And I once spoke to an R&D guy at Sony who told me that they have technology that's just sitting on a shelf gathering dust because they've, they've determined that the public is not yet ready for it. Um, so I'm, when I read that story about the mice and implanting false memory in mice, I'm thinking, if they're releasing that now, they are 25 years or more beyond that. Who knows? Maybe they're able to, to, Im- to implant false memories in humans. What do you think? Well, you know, there's an entire organization that's been dedicated to that uh, exact theory called the False Memory Foundation. And interestingly enough, was headed up by former MK Ultra subcontractors, uh, for some time, and uh, um, at least that organization was initially founded to uh, allegedly debunk um, the the people that were coming forward with MK Ultra complaints and and blame their false memories on uh, psychologists and counselors and you know people that had put them there through you know hyp- hypnotic suggestion that the things they were claiming didn't really happen to them, but. Uh, yeah, the false memories are, are easily implanted, and we do see that in the targeted individual community quite a bit. And, and that's not anything new. I mean, that false memories have been implanted through trauma-based uh, conditioning for some time. You know, that was one of the mainstays of creating Manchurian candidates uh, through trauma-based conditioning. Uh, now they've just figured out how to do it electronically uh, with modern technologies. As, as the technology increases, you know, what you can do with it actually increases. So, you know, now, as I point out in the book, um, you don't have to sequester these victims in a lab anymore. The so society and the community has become the laboratory. Uh, what um, What's the delivery method, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, a voice-to-skull uh, technology? I mean, they're not using... You know, converted microwave ovens anymore. Uh, I'm gathering. I mean, that's that's old school. What is the delivery method? How are they, uh, you know, putting voices to skull into skulls or or uh, administering some sort of uh, you know shock or burning sensation? Um, how is this being done? Is it the cell phone towers? How? Well, I mean, if you, I've heard Gwen Gwen towers. I've heard cell phone towers. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I wrote about in a new breed is based on conversations that I had with uh, current CIA agents who were willing to come forward for me in writing anonymously, uh, m mostly related it all to satellite-based. And it's interesting, as I had one victim uh, who's a, a fellow physician in Texas who contacted me and, and said, you know what, I, before I read your book, I had all this stuff happening to me and thought I would leave Dallas, Texas and fly to North Carolina to get away from it and was victimized on the plane, was victimized once I got to North Carolina, was victimized on the plane back to Texas um, and said, you know, there's only one technology that can really do that and that would be satellite-based technology. Now, there were some other theories that it could possibly harp and be harp could be involved and Gwen Towers could be involved. Uh, I spoke to several Air Force people who are in uh, their job that I trust, that their job is to actually maintain the existing Gwen Towers. And, you know, they, they seem to think that that would be impossible to target an individual with a Gwen Tower, that you could target a community. And we did have that in San Antonio where there was one whole neighborhood that their wiring was burning out in their homes and their garage doors were opening and closing on their own. Uh, and they complained for several years about it until finally the NSA base, which was nearby in San Antonio, where, uh, where the TALS, um, the uh, Tailored Access Operations Group operates, admitted that they were using a ground wave technology that was frying these people's wiring. Uh, and it was recommended that they get some special FCC filter uh, on their home wiring. But more than likely, it's a multimodal um, form of technology that does this. Because in, in knowing how the government thinks, you wouldn't, you know, hang your hat on on one form of propagation. You know, you would have multiple ways to do it. So I imagine the monitoring is done one way. The weapons come from one source, uh, and the the voice to skull probably comes from one source. Uh, are they still simply choosing individuals and, and you know targeted individuals? We hear we hear that term a lot, targeted individuals. But are they are they stepping it up, ramping it up? Are they now targeting you know entire blocks, uh, neighborhoods? And is there any sort of even anecdotal evidence to support that? Well, I mean, certainly the neighborhood in San Antonio was one very specific northwest neighborhood. Um, that uh, were hundreds of complaints coming out of that neighborhood, mostly of electronic disturbances in the home, not necessarily of a voice to skull or directed energy attack. But um, that was even covered on the local news, and the NSA did finally you know, come clean on doing that. Now, they blamed it on a new ground wave communication system. They didn't come right out and say it was, it was experimentation, which I would seriously doubt they would. But uh, I make the point in the book that um, as far as psychological studies, uh, the CIA has been involved in that for some time. There's ample evidence that uh, the Jones cult in Guyana, uh, the Heaven's Gate cult that all committed suicide, if you trace back the financing and the leadership in those cults, they all re had relatively strong ties to former CIA people. That uh, it looks like some of these cult groups might actually be you know, if not, you know, formed from the onset by the CIA, might have uh, CIA insiders actually contributing to them, so they have a group of people that they can test on, and and test group behavioral um, alteration. Oh, the um, what is the the sort of the the worst case uh, that you've ever witnessed in in terms of a of a victim, a targeted individual? Uh, that was being being tortured. What what happened to that person? 
Uh, well, it's hard to really say. I mean, they're they're all horrible in their own way. I mean, some of the um, probably the the one I wrote about in a new breed where a woman was basically um, manipulated into uh, drinking rohypnol in her bottled water and used as a sex slave uh, is certainly uh, pretty horrible. Um, I've had two individuals that have been attacked with directed energy to the point where their connective tissue in their bodies has broken down and they've actually lost probably you know 40 or 50 percent of their muscle mass where their skin is just hanging on them that, uh, that to look at them you would think they have a some form of cancer or debilitating illness but uh, when checked by doctors everything checks out okay except that they're just losing muscle mass and losing connective tissue so literally skin is just hanging and and that can be caused by some sort of a directed energy weapon yeah, chronic exposure, the one thing that they have shown in the lab is chronic exposure to heavy electromagnetic fields causes free radical, uh, free radicals to be produced. And free radicals prematurely age you, they can cause cataracts, they can cause tissue breakdown. It's One way to look at it would be that they essentially cause just massive inflammation. But aren't we all sort of swimming in, in an ocean of uh, electromagnetic fields? I mean, how do you differentiate yeah. between electronic uh, or, or sensitivity to an electromagnetic field, uh, which people do have, certainly, uh, as opposed to someone who is being targeted? Well, sensitivity, you would just have, you know, some some illness or some feeling bad or feeling sluggish or feeling lethargy. Uh, someone that's targeted is actually being attacked with weapons while somebody tells them what they're attacking in their head, typically. So that one's pretty easily distinguishable, but uh, I make a point in my book that uh, one of the earliest complaints of this was actually out of a Utah prison. Uh, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, there were five prisoners that were sequestered uh, in solitary confinement and experimented on, and uh, I did see their records in writing this book, and um, one of the prisoners said that the overwhelming feeling of energy in the room was so heavy that it was hard to even get up out of the bed and stand, uh, and that he was hearing the voices of people in his head that seemed to be responding to his thoughts. Uh, and this is from someone relatively uneducated, you know, giving their their fair take on, on what was happening to them in, like I said, the, the late 70s, early 80s. So... <clears throat> So it's pretty easy to distinguish between those two. Electrosensitivity, feeling of lethargy, you know, tired, maybe some rashes, um, headaches, but not not hearing voices and not suffering actual attack, typically. Are you at all concerned about the proliferation of these smart meters? Uh, I mean, we're learning now, uh, in fact, I think in, in one of our provinces up here, it may have been Saskatchewan, uh, they're going to take them all out because, one, uh, they weren't uh, saving any energy, uh, and two, there were some health uh, uh, and safety concerns because of the uh, the electromagnetic fields associated with them. Uh, but is it possible uh, that you know some rogue element is using these smart meters for nefarious purposes? Well, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the smart meters do send data uh, out of your house. They are attached to your your power lines. The power lines have long been used to actually surveil households. Um, I think. Excuse me, I think I made that point in my first book. Um, the FBI for, for some time now has been able to get a, a court order to your power company and actually hook up to your power lines to listen to the inside of your house through your ground wire. Um, the ground wire is not a ground, it's a return. 
and as power returns through that wire, you can listen in on the vibrations in the house, and it picks up speech pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, I imagine the smart meters um, probably have that same capability, and if you can convince people to have them put in because it's going to save energy, a lot of people would actually go for that. More of my conversation with Dr. John Hall when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. C60 Evo's Miracle Molecule ESS60 makes a great gift for conscious people and their pets. Why not give the gift of radiant health to everyone on your list this Christmas? ESS60, the powerful antioxidant, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory in a bottle. ESS60 is the purest form of C60 available anywhere from C60 Evo. Benefits include increased strength, flexibility, immunity, and better sleep. Check out the great gift sets now available at special holiday discount prices. C60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. C60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Take 15% off your order with the coupon code JOLLY15RS. That's JOLLY15RS. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again and what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. And we are back with Dr. John Hall, guinea pigs, technologies of control, electronic harassment, or rather electronic torture. And uh, over the years, we've had a, a number of... Uh, of, of targeted individuals on the program, including one uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, and uh, Dr. John, we are so I am so delighted that uh, you're coming up uh, for my conference in April on the 26th uh, in Oshawa. Follow the truth too, and uh, you're going to give a presentation. So are you going to uh, sort of drill down and discuss essentially what's in the book Guinea Pigs, Guinea Pigs: Technologies of Control? Yep, and uh, just looking forward to seeing you again, Richard. I mean, uh, as soon as I heard you were putting on a conference, I mean, I, there was just no way I was going to miss that. Well, that's uh, it's so great of you to uh, to, to fly up uh, and do that for us. We're we're looking forward to it. Um, now, uh, I want to talk. We talked about high tech, and and uh, the other component uh, of uh, you know these uh, targeted individuals is often street theater and organized stalking. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. What methods? Uh, are being employed these days. Are they using new methods, or is it pretty well the old playbook? You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, with this gang stalking, where they're they're uh, you know maybe shouting obscenities at people, street theater, uh, you know, maybe mumbling under their breath a person's name as they walk by to drive them crazy. These sorts of things. Well, it, it, it's basically the same old routines. They've they've refined it a little bit, <clears throat> and. Um, uh, that's one of the things I wanted to make. I do try to make clear in the book with a lot of the victims that, you know, sometimes they listen intently to what they hear in their voice to skull, thinking that uh, these people are going to tell them something that they can learn from or, or you know, decide who it is or give give their identity away. These are well-rehearsed vignettes <clears throat> that have been done for years, uh, and the entrainment that you sustain by listening to the voices in the head or what actually keep you targeted. Now, that I know that's a slightly different topic, but I just wanted to get that out there because it's it's kind of similar. But uh, the as far as the gang stalking or what I call organized stalking, 
and I and I use that term because gang stalking implies guys in leather jackets, jackets or crips or bloods, and that's not what this is. This is COINTELPRO based um, or mimicked organized stalking, and all of these techniques were started by the FBI with COINTELPRO, and they're designed to um, put the target in a victim state of mind, cause psychological uh, damage. Uh, tear apart groups that are organized, tear apart couples that are devoted, and they work. They work really well. Um, some of the things that we we see is instead of the you know, the honking of the horn when you drive by, I know there's been several homeowners that uh, one particular in Ohio um, wouldn't wouldn't sell his house to somebody, so they had the whole town driving by honking the horns and flashing their bright lights and. Um, there was another lady that uh, low-end, low-tech kind of stalking, lost a bid on a home, so she started uh, putting the lady who did live in the home's uh, facial pictures up and on Craigslist as a uh, as an escort, uh, wanting men to stop by the house. But typically what these victims actually get is people coming up behind them at the grocery store, total strangers, you know, having a conversation between two people you don't know, talking about something you said or something you did or something you cooked uh, the night before, um, just making sure that that conversation is in within earshot of the victim so they know that it's something so specific that it has to be about them. Um, you know, and of course, the, the stalking 24-7, and, and they make no bones about that. It's not surveillance. It is stalking. Uh, standing around it, you know, outside your driveway, possibly outside your front door if you're in an apartment, uh, you know, hanging out at work, they'll enlist uh, people that are at your work. They'll enlist the help of your neighbors if they can. Uh, How do they recruit them, John? How do they recruit them and get them on site? Well, I can tell you from counter surveillance of the group that worked in San Antonio, uh, it's headed up by a former FBI agent uh, who hired mostly his relatives to do most of the work, but then hired kind of lower level uh, ex cons and thugs to do the gang stalking and the breaking and entering. And what we caught them doing here was um, going to the neighbors and with fake FBI badges and telling them that they were FBI and that the target that they were surveilling was under investigation for you know drug running or drug dealing or you know um, you know um, porn- pornography, child pornography. They'll use anything they can to actually enlist the help of the neighbors. And you would be surprised how many neighbors are stupid enough to not ask for legitimate ID or not call the legitimate FBI office to check on the people that uh, they've talked to. You know, they, they seem to be more than willing to assist in the investigation. And I've even seen where they've asked neighbors if it's okay to mount a camera on their patio or on their porch facing the target's house. Um, that they can access remotely, you know, to watch the front of the victim's house. And just to clarify, uh, with numerous uh, contacts in law enforcement, that is not something they would do. Um, they may put a pole up in, on your street with a camera on it, but they're not going to ask one of your neighbors to, you know, to mount a camera facing your house. So that should be a red flag, obviously. So these the, the, the individuals that are recruited, they actually think they're doing a good thing. They, they think they're, they're being deputized uh, in order to harass some undesirable um, living on, in their community. You know, that's right. As far as the neighbors go, now the, the ones that are under the direct hire of the perpetrator group doing it, and most of this is being done by private investigative groups, um, they're, they're criminals. I mean, just no, nothing short of that. I mean, they, 
they find people that already have records that are, I mean, kind of the same way they find, you know, a lot of the ways, the same way they find victims. You know, they find people that are, you know, kind of, you know, maybe have a checkered past and, you know, are on their own and, you know, you know, out of work and will do just about anything for money. Uh, and that's kind of similar to the way they find victims. With victims, they find people that are mostly living alone, loners, usually that are functioning okay. And, you know, sometimes this is hired done to a target. Sometimes it's just random. Uh, sometimes it is on whistleblowers. I've talked to a number of people who used to work for government who are, um, are being stalked and targeted directly by the agencies they used to work for. I had a, I had a former sheriff uh, on my program that was being targeted um, because he was trying to um, you know, expose corruption uh, in his own office and was ostracized and then uh, actually was a female sheriff, as I recall. Uh, so you're right. I mean, these are, uh, many of these individuals are, you know, uh, professional people. Uh, but you're right. They also often will pick someone who may have an underlying medical uh, or a health uh, or a mental health issue because that person won't be believed. Uh, it may be someone who has an underlying substance abuse problem. We alluded to this uh, off the top that uh, we were in Seattle together. We met some victims and some of the cases uh, that we met were more uh, believable than others. And, and I think you know the one I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of in particular. A tra- really a, a sad case because whatever, you know, is this is a, a tortured individual uh, one way or the other. But I mentioned, you know, that in, I, th- I think sometimes they're, they're choosing, they, the, these perps, are choosing people that have some underlying uh, mental health issue or even a substance abuse issue because... No one's going to believe that person if they come out and say, I'm being targeted. Is, is that the mindset of these perps? Well, uh, yeah, and I, and I make that very clear in the book. <clears throat> that if you look at the history of MKUltra and MKSearch and all, all of the other mind control-based experimentation done by the CIA, and by the way, for your listeners, all of this is straight out of freedom of information. This is from the government itself. Most of these victims were picked out of self-discredited communities or what we call social outliers. Um, they were <clears throat> people with uh, a history of, you know, mild drug abuse, uh, men using prostitutes. I mean, the mentally ill. I mean, I mean, we they even experimented on, you know, on uh, disabled children at Willowbrook School for crying out loud. You know, um, <clears throat> so certainly, yeah, populations like that are are largely used for experimentation. Uh, guys in prison are used for experimentation uh, because they're easy to control in that situation and you know people that are already self-discredited nobody's going to listen to when they voice the complaints and we see that all the time where you'll see people with relatively minor drug histories uh, that when they come forward and complain with this it all gets blamed on the drug abuse um, so and in just in case in point you know the individual that we met in shooting the the TV show together yes um, <clears throat> certainly uh, had a little of both uh, of those cases, and, and there's nothing saying that you know someone that somebody that's having mental health issues can't also be a victim. Yes, uh, and and sometimes it's hard to tell, and I don't want to give away the you know the kicker you know in the the TV show that we shot with that individual, but as it turned out that you know he probably has some some other issues going on besides the obvious. Right. Right. And how do you, as a as a as a physician, uh, when you're, I mean, I, I understand, you know, we should issue this caveat again. You're seeing these people outside of your practice, uh, but you're still, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously employing 
your your diagnostic skills when you're looking at these individuals. How do you separate someone who's delusional, uh, who may be, for example, schizophrenic, uh, from an actual targeted individual? Well, that's a good question, and sometimes it is difficult. <clears throat> Schizophrenia is not so difficult because that usually gets diagnosed as, <clears throat> excuse me, at an early age. Um, those people typically were, you know, were found to be not quite right early on, and, and men younger than women, but you know, women up to you know the mid twenties, men typically in the teens. So schizophrenia is generally not one of the ones that we're seeing. We are seeing people diagnosed with delusional disorder. And um, a lot of the people that I see have already been either forced or asked to see a psychiatrist uh, and have been placed on medication. <clears throat> and uh, medication in most mental uh, illnesses makes you better. Even schizophrenics get better on medication. Uh, targeted individuals, uh, even when forced to take medication, uh, still hear voices and still get attacked. And there's typically physical signs that we see on these victims that can't be manifested mentally. Uh, burning of the skin, uh, I've seen people with names written in their skin, um, you know, CSF heating to the point where the eyes are bulging out or eyes are drooping, uh, that most of these problems go away when the attacks stop. So that's one of the things when these people sit at home and get attacked and then they go to the emergency room to be seen by a physician while they shut off the attack so the person's not demonstrating the symptoms anymore. Uh, and there's nothing to be found medically, and which is exactly how these weapon systems are developed as non-lethal weapons. So, uh, as a physician, yes, you know, mental illness does exist. Certainly, schizophrenia exists, and delusional disorder exists. But on the other side of the token, we have technology now that can mimic those diseases. And almost all of these research projects early on were headed up by psychiatrists who knew very well what symptoms that they needed to look like. Right, right. Now. What do you uh, offer us a, a maybe a, a checklist for for people who maybe they're beginning su- to suspect that they're being targeted they're not quite sure what are some of the early warning signs Well the first thing you would want to uh, watch for is actual the organized stalking now that's the point where you actually probably can get some law enforcement help um, if you notice the same people or the same vehicles following you around all day long the two consecutive days Unless it's your neighbor who works at the same place you work, who happens to be behind you every day, then you may be getting stalked. I know uh, most of the states, including Texas, uh, have altered their stalking laws to um, make it a little bit easier to, to get a restraining order against stalkers. It used to be that you had to prove injury uh, or a threat to your life before you could get a restraining order, and I know in Texas that's changed uh, based on a couple of cases that I was involved with. Um, the other thing is tinnitus. Um, before people start hearing voices from this technology, they typically complain of ringing in the ears. As a matter of fact, uh, studies through freedom from covert surveillance and harassment have been done uh, that show that uh, ringing in the ears or tinnitus is 160 times more prevalent in the targeted individual community than it is in the population in general. And that's a precursor to actual voice-to-skull is the tinnitus? What are they, are they sort of setting your brain up, rewiring your brain to start receiving these signals? Basically, it, it seems to be that they're messing with frequencies and magnitudes of frequencies uh, to find you know that frequency which they can communicate to you 
uh, without anyone around you hearing. And, and that is a trial and error process. Uh, like I said, we've done counter surveillance on the group out of San Antonio, so we know how it's done here. And um, they'll work with somebody for sometimes months before they can actually get that person to hear. And the point where you're hearing your perpetrator's voices and being attacked with directed energy weapons is actually midway in the game. Uh, they've actually been surveilling you, surveilling you know who your family members are, who you're going to turn to in a crunch. Uh, when you do start hearing voices, they, the, the, the pre-attack phase, uh, it lasts for quite some time. This isn't something they can do overnight with an individual. They have to work with the EEG, work with the brain, work with the person. Uh, they know who your friends are, who your family is, where you work. There's a lot of groundwork that goes into this before they actually start attacking you and having you hear voices. Now, these aren't always, you know, uh, let's say rogue agents uh, in the NSA or the CIA. These could be uh, just mobsters, right? Or, or let's say it could be a, a disgruntled former employee or employer who wants to drive you crazy. I mean, has the technology been made available to even... Uh, people sort of lower down on the rung in terms of the socioeconomic scale? No, not really. The technology is still basically classified technology. However, there's enough subcontractors and independent contractors with clearances and access to the technology now that it can be higher done. And what we're seeing now that's more prevalent now than it was years ago uh, is actually people having this hired done to them. Um, you know, I've seen a number of cases in Texas where it's uh, the husband doesn't want to pay child support, so he targets the wife, hires it done to her to make her look crazy so she doesn't get custody of the kids. He gets full custody. Uh, and oftentimes you'll see a, a woman that's just about destitute having to pay child support to a husband that's fairly well off because he successfully made her uh, look crazy and, and get a mental illness diagnosis in the divorce. You're not finding these people in the in the yellow pages, though. I mean, how do you or on Craigslist? I'm guessing. I mean, if you wanted to contract one of these people, where would you? How do you find them? It, it seems to be mostly word of mouth, and I know uh, the group that uh, that we watched in San Antonio, Texas. It is spread by word of mouth, and as a matter of fact, uh, in writing a new breed uh, in 2008, one of the the statements I made in the book is that uh, one of the physicians who uses this particular a uh, private investigator to harass his competitors made the comment to me that he was hiding him from his wife in case he needed to make her look crazy during a divorce. Well, fast forward five years, six years later, I get a call from a woman who's married to an orthopedic surgeon uh, who's going through a divorce, and, uh, and her home is being broken into. She's hearing voices. The kids are being messed with. And as it turns out, uh, she was married to a close associate, of the surgeon that had told me about using this particular PI to do this type of victimization. So uh, it is a kind of a closely held secret um, among the fairly wealthy, I guess you could say, uh, that use it uh, you know, as, a, as a hired targeting. Um, but that I know of, it hasn't been made commercially available. I know on the Internet uh, you'll see a lot of you know people advertising handheld directed energy weapons, and so far I haven't seen any of those that actually pan out. What percentage of the population do you suspect are being targeted? A percentage of the entire population, it would probably be relatively low. Um, you know, we estimate there's about 300,000 people nationwide that are being targeted. 
Uh, now, that's that have come forward and actually are describing accurately what we consider targeting. Now, one of the other theories I've been told is that the 300,000 that are voicing the complaints are the ones that are actually resistant to control measures. Um, now, if you look at it that way, then essentially the whole world's already being controlled, and they're singling out the people who are resistant to control. Uh-huh. That was my final question, really, and, and that is, are, I mean, is your sense that, and we're just about out of time here, are they ramping this up to the point where we're looking at basically a prison planet, as Alex Jones likes to say? They're, go- they're going to they're going to target everybody. Well, that's the only direction I can see this going. Um, you know, the government has, has long been going towards control more than governing. Uh, and taxes and guns won't control everyone. You know, there's those of us that live in rural areas that can shoot back and live off the land. Uh, even Michael Persinger 20 years ago said that uh, radio frequency, mind control, that he could control every brain on the planet. And they seem to have taken him seriously. Uh, the only direction I can see this headed is for population control completely. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be right back to share a few details about an upcoming episode. It's time once again to welcome back Colleen Forgus, a nutritional consultant and the manager at our Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. Hey, Colleen, how are you? Hi, Richard. I'm great. You know, uh, once things start to open up again, uh, God willing, in the next few months, we hope, and people start to travel again, perhaps, sometimes when we travel, we get a bit of a stomach bug and uh, we suffer from a little diarrhea. What do we have at the Full Script Dispensary to help people with that? Yes, this product I would recommend putting in your carry-on bag. It's called BHI Diarrhea, and it's designed to help for those times when we have a bout of diarrhea, and you know it's not from something horrible that you've eaten, but maybe it's just because you're traveling, you're stressed, and this will help with diarrhea, abdominal cramps, colic, and even gas. And that's BHI Relief, BHI Relief. From the Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary, go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the Full Script Dispensary button. And don't forget, subscribers receive 10% off all products and free delivery on all orders over $50. Talk again soon, Colleen. Thanks, Richard. Have a great day. You too. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, Sacred Geometry and the Language of the Angels. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.